Welcome to House Party, a podcast where real estate, news, and pop culture collide, coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way. I'm Eric Gunther. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. And welcome back to our first podcast of 2019. Yay! Happy New Year, Happy you guys. Happy New Year! How's it starting out? It's pretty good. Can't complain. <laughs> Eric. Right? Eric, Happy New Year. Thank you, Natalie. Uh, it's <laughs> fine. Fine on my end. Good. Fine. Um, Just fine. I mean, New Year means new you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, that means decluttering, cleaning out your house. And so it seemed like the perfect time for Netflix to release Marie Kondo, Tidying Up with Marie Kondo, which is their mm-hmm. new um, their new reality series that they dropped uh, January 1st. And have I, I've seen it. Have you guys seen it? I've seen um, a couple episodes. I have not seen it. Uh, when, what year did that book come out, the Marie Kondo book? Was that two years ago? I'm sorry, um, I, didn't, I don't mean to put you on the spot. But no. Uh, Life-Changing Magic came out. Oh, you're right. Life-Changing Magic, a journal, came out in 2016. 2016, so. Spark okay. joy every day. Yeah. So it seems like... You know, for for people who don't know who Marie Kondo is, she is um, an organizing consultant and guru, and she also has written um, her groundbreaking book, her life-changing book that was just on the lips of everybody, was um, Mm -hmm. The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, The Japanese Art of Decluttering and Organizing, and she has this method called the KonMari Method, and it's how to fold things, how to... Um, declutter, how to thank your items for providing you use. And it's all about finding joy in the items that you use and getting rid of the things that don't provide you joy. Um, many people think it's kind of cheesy <laughs> and stupid mm-hmm. and overkill. Um, were you guys... And others totally buy into it. Yeah. Too. <laughs> were you guys ever like into Marie Kondo when she came out so i have to admit that i bought the book and it has been sitting on my desk for probably like two years no way as clutter (laughs) and i've never opened it no so i am inherently defeating the purpose of what she's trying to do but um i did you know i watched the show and i'm hoping that i'm kind of absorbing the information that way um but I think, you know, from what I've heard about her, I've always, uh, I don't know. I'm on board with some of the methods and then some of the things like, thank your items for being of service to you. I mm-hmm. kind of roll my eyes at a little bit. In the words of one of our coworkers, Judy Dutton, it seems a little woo-woo at times. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I agree. Like, like you know, thanking your socks for providing you with, you know, to provide you warmth. It just, yeah. But however, so I watched the show too and I got super motivated (laughs) and Mm. on Saturday I plan on just cleaning up, tidying up and using some of her methods too. Like I love how she just has them throw all of their clothes in a pile and then Mm -hmm. it's like, Take everything and put it in a giant pile. It's it's kind of just like attacking it head on. Yeah. Um, so in this episode, the or let me we'll start with the first episode. They meet a couple 
a young couple named Rachel and Kevin. And Rachel and Kevin have two young children, and their life is just kind of in disarray. Like what started out five years ago as a very romantic relationship full of excitement is now filled kind of with bickering, and there's clutter everywhere, and the kids are screaming, and Rachel is saying, you know, he doesn't do romantic things anymore, and I don't have time to do laundry, and we hire somebody to actually come in and fold the laundry, mm-hmm. and he can't stand that, and... um so it's interesting. So she comes in, Marie comes into this house and is like, uh, okay, I got to get a handle on this couple's relationship as well as their clutter. Mm-hmm. And to your point, Natalie, the first thing that she makes them do is take out all of their clothes, every single item, and throw them in a pile on the bed or on the floor. And then you're supposed to go through each one, thank it for being there for you and then decide whether it sparks joy. And if if you still really like it, if you still really need it and it sparks joy, you can keep it. Otherwise, it's out. But the whole like idea is that you're going to have so much stuff that you're going to be shocked by it and you're going to see no other option except for to get rid of everything that you've amassed over the years, mm-hmm. right? So, can I ask a question here then? So, Of course. Uh, on the show, what you guys are talking about then is a lot to do with clothes and clothes organization. Does she venture into other areas of the home? Oh, yeah. yeah. There's the commode, I think she – or the, the – Kimono. The kimono is what she calls right. it. And that's bathroom, kitchen, and – Garage, essentially like the miscellaneous is what she calls it. Yeah. Mm. She has a five-step plan. So step one is clothes. Um, step two was, I think, uh, papers. Mm-hmm. That, right? was like, that was like two or th- step two or three, yeah, papers. Yeah, and, and bills and things like that. And then four is called kimono. And you're right, that's kitchen, bathroom, miscellaneous, every other aspect of the home. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then step five is what, sentiment? Sentimental, Sentimental. yeah, like sentiments. Right. In episode two, they focus on um, this empty nester couple and uh, the mountain of clothes that this couple has is just insane. It reaches the ceiling. It reaches (laughs) on – it's laying on a bed, but it reaches the ceiling and it's just – yeah, it's it's – it's bone chilling. It's like <laughs> was it the the man and the woman equally, or was it mostly her? Or I I would <laughs> guess it's mostly her. Just from it's the, mostly her. Yeah. yeah, I think some of his. I think it was his stuff thrown in, but she admitted to being the the shopaholic in that mm. situation. Mm-hmm. And then Marie Kondo actually said, "This is." Out of all of my clients who I've ever worked with, this is the biggest pile of clothes I've ever seen. I guess I found myself wondering if I would be willing to let a TV crew come into my house and film this disaster of a life that I had created for myself. Mm-hmm. Like, would you guys? What What do you think? Well, I mean, did their houses... I mean, I've watched the show Hoarders. I mean, their houses weren't... To that extent, I mean, they just had an overabundance of clothes and maybe papers and stuff. It wasn't were they were these people verging on mental illness or? I no. Well, well, good question. I was we were talking about this, right? Yeah, we were talking about this, and um, Rachel, you were saying that this. I mean, definitely the second the the couple in the second episode is much more what you would call Mm. like looks their house looks like a hoarder house i mean yeah they just have more stuff than the first mm-hmm. couple and that i think that was because 
they're older they've you know their kids are now adults and they've just like lived more life in that house um yeah they've got three generations worth of stuff in that particular house yeah i wouldn't say there's any mental illness at all in fact i feel like right i mean i'm not a specialist by any means but i'm just saying that i i would venture to say that their house the amount of like stuff in their house is pretty normal for like the average american i mean okay it's it was a lot of stuff it was way too much stuff but right mm-hmm. it was like alarming how much stuff was in there but but it wasn't <laughs> but it wasn't office. anything that you should like i right, don't think they, they i don't think they would qualify for the show hoarders is what right I'm they wouldn't they didn't have to carve out a path so marie kondo could make it inside the house no no right. she only got no. to jump over some things like in the garage or in yeah the, she stumbled they did have um their rumpus room which like their playroom was filled to the brim with christmas decorations Mm -hmm. and they had a whole segment on how the wife is really into christmas and she's like oh not these aren't all my christmas decorations and they're also in the kitchen and they're in the living room and they're Mm -hmm. here and there and i'm really into christmas and marie's eyes just get really big so um you know to that extent there was some hoarder tendencies but you're right i don't think that they necessarily would qualify for that show right okay <laughs> how much did the, do they go inside marie kondo's closet and show us how many cl- no. clothes she <laughs> no a lot of them asked they'd say oh is your kitchen ever dis- disorganized and she'd say oh yes of course but you feel like she's totally lying like her or <laughs> her level of disorganization is like a spoon yeah. is in the knife section <laughs> like, right. you know, like oh my god yeah is the overall effect of the show uplifting, though? I mean, or, you know, mm-hmm. positive? Do you think that uh, they'll keep going with the show kind of thing? Is it, you know? Yeah, it's definitely uplifting in the way that, like, I don't know if you watched Queer Eye. Um, yeah. But it's in the same way as that, where it's, like, very focused on positive, uplifting. Um, they they don't they don't broach, like, they don't get into issues as much as Queer Eye did. Um, but... I I don't really see it being renewed for a second season. That's the thing. I wonder, um, okay. like, how many times can they do the same recipe over and over again? Because she has her five-step plan, and uh-huh. she keeps going in and doing the same things. It's not – I mean, I don't know. Like, how many times can you declutter and have it be – inspiring enough to renew for a second season? I wasn't really sure. I think right. it's, like, maybe each – house is different each family situation is different or maybe she could declutter different things because i know like queer eye they fixed up like a firehouse and all the firemen and like you know so they went into like different situations so maybe they could find a different situation for marie um we i also haven't watched the whole season so maybe she does do that sort of thing um but yeah i i was definitely inspired by it and I plan on tidying up this weekend. <laughs> it's okay. interesting so, that you I mean, felt. Yeah, there oh, is I'm that. Sorry, then. I mean, you, you are taking something out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to start folding my shirts the way that she does. Cause she has this very precise, if you listeners haven't seen yeah. it, it's like a very precise way of folding where it's, you fold it. Like, let's say you have a t-shirt out in front of you. You fold it hot dog style, so like long ways and then you fold it in half and then you fold it in thirds and you kind of stand it up so you can fit more shirts in the drawer and you can see everything but it just takes a long time Mm -hmm. and I don't like folding laundry like many people so I don't know if I'm going to take all that time to fold but that's where I found myself wondering if 
you know, it was inspiring. And I was pleased to see these people feel so much more in control of their lives. But I just wondered how long can this actually last? Like, can your, um, can your methods and your lifestyle actually change? And the, the show did point out that it takes place basically over the course of a month. Mm -hmm. So it's not all in a day. So Marie will come and, you know, get them started and then she'll come back a week later and see how they're doing and get them started on something else and so on and so forth. But I just had to wonder, like, after the TV crews are gone and Marie's out of the house, like, does it return back to chaos? Maybe they'll do like a follow-up special. (laughs) Yeah, that would be good. And then we'll just see all the Christmas decorations in that one house again. She's like, I couldn't help it. And I did, I agree with you, it did, some of it seemed a little tedious, like the the folding method and then also just thanking all your stuff. I mean, it's already such a tedious process. Yeah, I but, mean, and but, the um, woman, the, the, fir- the Rachel um, of Rachel and Kevin in the first episode, her whole thing was that she hated doing chores. She hated mm-hmm. folding, she hated doing laundry, she hated folding the laundry and and so it just seemed like... She was receptive to Marie's method. You know, she was like, I'll try it with my kids. But I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I I wouldn't put money on Rachel holding out for that. I think part uh, is part of the tedium that she introduces and making you fold things in a specific way so that you consider each item as you're doing it. And then you say, I don't need to do this for 500 items. I'd rather just do this for 10. I think um, that's the magic of the KonMari method, Eric. I think yeah, you yeah. just figured it out. All right. I haven't even had to watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie, it's interesting. You were saying you were inspired to get started, and I found myself a little bit overwhelmed. Like, I felt like, can I actually do this without the help of a professional like Marie Kondo mm-hmm. walking into my house and guiding me through it? I mean, I know her steps, but it's just still like I'm facing this mountain of stuff that I need to do. Totally. And it did in some cases seem like such a tedious process that it didn't, I don't know. I, in some ways it didn't seem like something I could actually tackle. And it seemed like the magic of TV made it work for them, but for a real person like me, it might not. Absolutely. The, I mean, it definitely, it's like, you know, extreme home makeover, making a house in an hour. It's like, it exactly. makes, it makes it seem like you can tackle your whole house. But yeah, no, I, I'm very naive, and so I think I am buying into the idea that like I can do all this. But who knows? I may, I may get midway and just be exhausted, and or or I may like tackle my closet, and then that's it. So hey, something's better than nothing. I did have to wonder if they were taking time off work for this. Like I know mm. at the end of the first episode, the dude um, Kevin comes home from work theoretically, but I was like, I wonder if the both of them well she didn't work but i was wondering if he took weeks off work to do this it just seemed like a lot happened and a lot was crammed into a very short amount of time right it's like doing this major overhaul with your work schedule with taking care of the kids in the Mm -hmm. episode one case and yeah i have to believe that they just pushed they, they they're just like we have to do this and they just killed themselves a little bit but because I can't imagine they would be able to take off work. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. She did indicate they were up really late at nights doing it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts, I guess. And I'll be, um, 
I, I think I'm going to watch uh, the rest of the season. Maybe we could talk more about a few of the episodes next week. Yeah, I think I am definitely too. So, yeah, I look forward to that. But, um, yeah, if you've checked out Marie Kondo's show on Netflix, uh, let us know. Podcast at Realtor.com. Or you can tweet us and let us know if you do think this is woo-woo or if you've been suddenly inspired. Okay, so Eric. Yes, Natalie. Do you like Elvis Presley? <laughs> what kind of question is that? <laughs> that very is a lo- very loaded question. It's un-American it? to unlike to not like Elvis Presley. So, do you know that he had a honeymoon home? He honeymooned in Palm Springs. I do know that. Um, so yeah, we have done a series of stories, uh, articles about why hasn't so-and-so's home sold, uh, for homes that have been on the market for say, uh, over three or four years and, you know, they bounce on and off the prices change, uh, but the house still doesn't sell. Uh, that's the case here in Palm Springs with Elvis's honeymoon home. Uh, he spent his honeymoon here with Priscilla Presley in the sixties and uh, this home went on the market way back in 2014 for nine and a half million dollars. Uh, no buyers came forward. It, it it was overpriced. I mean, nine and a half million. And this is just a. It's not. It's a nice neighborhood, and it's just kind of just a basic residential neighborhood. And this house does have a pedigree. The it has an architect that designed it, William Crystal. Mm. Um, he designed over 300 homes in this particular neighborhood. And I mean, it's, it's a gorgeous home, but nine and a half million. I think they were counting on the pedigree to kind of, uh, you know, the Elvis pedigree to kind of, uh, take it, take it to that nine and a half million dollars. Do you know what the going rate is in that neighborhood? In that neighborhood? I think it's, uh, around one and one million to one and a half million when we, when we talk to those. <laughs> that is yeah. a, that's a markup. That's a, yeah. It's a little bit of markup. So, um, Right now, it's down. You know, it's down to about three million dollars. It's just a skosh under three million. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't sound. You know, we talked to the listing agent in this in this case, and it doesn't sound like the seller is really wanting to part with it, or they they don't really because hmm. uh, they've had offers on it, but then they didn't really follow through. And, like offers that are within the range, like within the asking well, range. It, yeah, so they had offers coming in, but then that seemed to give the seller the idea that the home was priced too low. So it was originally priced at two point seven million. So now they've raised it to around, like I say, skosh under three million, wow. which is kind of a, a dicey strategy. I don't <laughs> wait. So their strategy is if we're getting offers, it's too low. Exactly. So, so <laughs> okay, I, that that was a new one. I hadn't really seen that one before, but. <laughs> <laughs> I I do have to give that one my blessing. I don't I don't know. Bless, um, bless that one. Bless. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a very like I said, it's it's a mid century home designed by William Crystal. It's it's got a lot of original elements still in the home, and it's, so it it has a really cool you know kind of sixties vibe. But there are parts of it that are a little dated, and. Um, if you're buying a say a vacation home or a second home home strings, you probably don't want a huge project. Mm-hmm. You probably want something that's more turnkey. So that's kind of uh, been a hindrance in trying to find a sale. And also, 
it's 5,000 square feet, uh, which is more than most people need in a vacation home. Um, it's, 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 a, it's a significant home, so you will have to spend time on upkeep and making sure that everything is fixed up. So, like, it, the kitchen would need to be revamped and, like, yes. bathrooms and yes, pre- pretty much, like, a full – like, it would be, like, a $3 million fixer-upper is kind of yeah. what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, it's livable by all means. Mm-hmm. The, you you could live in it while you're fixing it up, and mm-hmm. you, it's not that it's, you know, it's beyond repair. It just – it yeah, it, it needs updating and um, – you will be spending really like you, you, you will be spending more than three million dollars, you know, to get it to a kind of a 2019 standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a beautiful house. I love the old um, fireplace. What, Eric? What's the specific term for that? Uh, fireplace? <laughs> no, no, no. But it's like a specific. No, yeah, it's that mid-century uh, fireplace. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's the like kind of a floating fireplace. I can't mm-hmm. remember what the the specific term is either, but it's. And I dig the stone walls with the glass windows. No, I mean it's very. It's it's a good looking home. Yeah. Um, it's like I say. It's 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 just. Will would you spend three million dollars? on a vacation property that's 5,000 square feet. The good thing is that Palm Springs is a destination. Like it's not in some random place. So Yeah. And I don't know what the particular zoning or, you know, local regulations are if you could buy Mm -hmm. this and then, you know, do some do some work to it and then Airbnb or VRBO. Coachella. Coachella. I mean Yeah. yeah, the Coachella weekend, I think you could probably cover at least you know, a few months mortgage. How far is Palm Springs from Coachella though? Oh, it's only like, it's, it's another, it's another 15, close. 15 or 20 minutes down the freeway. That's it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you're, you're definitely within proximity and a lot of celebrities and, uh, their friends do rent, you know, glamorous homes in Palm Springs, uh, to take pictures on Instagram and that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, that would be, if you could Airbnb to like Katy Perry, she oh. would totally rent that house. Right. She, Totally. It would be my dream to Airbnb to Katy Perry. (laughs) Well, Eric, as we always do. (laughs) Yes. You should buy this house. As we we always suggest, you should buy this house. All right. I will get right on that. Get your three million together. All right. Let me get uh, your finances in order. I'm going to apply for a home equity line uh, today. A HELOC. A HELOC. And I will uh, talk to you guys next week about my newest purchase. So yeah. Anyway, it's a case again of the the celebrity pedigree not necessarily matching up with the you know the it, price. It, the price. It doesn't really the the celebrity pedigree, while nice, doesn't really add too much in terms of uh, a price. Yeah. Not even the king. Not even the king could do it. Could yeah. Do it. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry to burst your bubble. Should we move on to winners and losers? Oh, all right. Our first winners and losers of 2019. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, Eric. Yes. Who's our we... Let's start with winner. <laughs> who's our winner? You want to start with the winner? Um. Yeah, because I, okay. I think I, I already I know just... our loser. I'm. We're all looking at the same document, <laughs> so let's, <laughs> let's pull back the curtain a little bit. So I, already, you, I already know who our winners and losers are, but what you do? I do, but uh, uh, I, I think 
I don't think our loser is going to be too much of a loser. Nah, so, it's, it's just a, it's a minor setback rather right. than a, a full on loser. So it won't be too much of a downer to end on. So let's start with no. our winner then. Yeah, let's start with the winner. This week's winner, Natalie, is Mark Cuban. Uh, he of the owner of Dallas Mavericks and Shark Tank fame. Mm-hmm. He bought a Laguna Beach uh, home that was on the market earlier this year for. 26 million it went on the market in january of 2018 so about a year ago uh for 26 million he ended up buying the place for 19 million dollars so that is quite a deal yeah that's a smart businessman there yes (laughs) he is um so yeah he uh snagged this home with it's got ocean views it's in laguna beach right laguna mm-hmm. yeah, yeah laguna laguna beach. it's in laguna beach it's got that you know the, the beautiful <laughs> southern california indoor outdoor flow um infinity t- pool infinity pool it's, it ticks all the boxes in terms of like what you'd expect like a southern california orange county yeah. manch- mansion to look like um and we talked to the listing agent and he told us uh, you know it's in this community called the montage residences oh. and which he said are perfect for the discriminating buyer so, oh no! <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, that's that's Mark Cuban. Uh, he's a discriminating buyer. And he, he is with yeah, his. He, sc- he, I mean, he yeah on Shark Tank. Sure, and I mean he's smart. And <laughs> what what uh, what the buyer also gets, what the Cuban family will get, is uh, access to the montage services. It's uh, you know housekeeping uh, there's a spa there's room service from the hotel's restaurants there's concierge wow, wow. yeah there, so this is know. the montage no Mon- montage, montage laguna beach yeah 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 right. exactly so you have access to all the montage facilities and uh you have your own private pool but then the montage also provides a pool as well should you want to socialize with other people <sighs> should you want to yes exactly yeah i actually being a fan of the TV show Laguna Beach and the Hills, I had to Whoa. see. I had to see if it was Elsie's parents' house. Remember how her parents did that like huge renovation? I never watched Laguna Beach. Well, Natalie. then I'm on my own here. Let's, yeah, I can't help you. Let's move on. Oh, wait, no. Let's unpack this. No, let's not unpack this. A bit of real estate stalking. How many uh, seasons of Laguna Beach were there? Um, I think there were three. That's it? Yeah, there were three Laguna Beaches, and then there that, was... And it spun off into the hills. It spun the off hills, into the yeah. hills. And then there was Newport Harbor, which was oh. like... Hmm. Which... Was that was that the wrong side of the tracks? No, it was, <laughs> it was like moving up the coast oh, to right, like yeah. a new like enclave. Two... And it was actually like, as when my husband... I'm taking the opportunity to talk about myself and my husband and please I, i'd love to <laughs> more insight the better there were kids in his his high school it filmed kids in his high school like when he was i think he was a senior oh, so yeah all right so he he is a resident of newport harbor so my husband is famous is what i'm saying <laughs> he, he had like ap physics with like the main character of newport harbor wow so, yeah does he have an IMDb page that says he, that? Oh, he, yeah. He's like, he's so famous. I mean, right. Let's <laughs> pull up his Wikipedia. Yeah. No. So were the, houses, were the houses on Laguna Beach all very nice? I don't, I, you know. Yeah. I, I, like, Elsie yeah. definitely had the 
craziest one because her parent, her da- her dad was Lauren Conrad, because yeah. her, because <laughs> her dad was like an architect, so they were building this like crazy big house like on the hill, um, and I thought it could have been this house. I don't know, I, but I don't think that house was worth. As yeah, this much is. As- yeah, this like I said, this was on the market for twenty six million. I, I don't, don't know. Think. I don't know what Mister Conrad did, but no, I don't think that. I don't think it. It wasn't. But, I, I, mean, I, it, I, but, I confirmed through my own real estate <laughs> research. I confirmed that it was not. Thank God. Cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, Mark Cuban, winner of the week. Big ups to uh, the Mavs owner. And then. Our loser has a tie to basketball as well. What? You're what a, kidding me. What a convenient segue. Um, yes. Our loser of the week is Shaq. Yeah, and again. Shaq attack. Shaq, yeah. And again, I we as we mentioned up top, we're not necessarily considering Shaq a loser. It's This is kind of a minor setback for Shaq. Um, he is selling a house in Florida that's been dubbed Shacapulco. Yes, um, it has. It went on the market, uh, I think it was early last year. Again, same kind of thing. Um, yeah, May, May of last year, uh, $28 million. It's back on the market now for $22 million uh, with a new marketing strategy. Um, it's... <laughs> It's quite something. It's 31,000 square feet. It's just outside Orlando. He bought this house uh, originally when uh, after his first season with the Orlando Magic, who drafted him out of college. Mm. Um, so he used you know his first kind of NBA contract to buy this place. Uh, and I think you know over the years just continued to expand and expand and write and, and customize. And it's it's an enormous spread. It's got 700 feet of lakefront. Uh, it's got a swimming pool that has waterfalls, a spa, and a tiki-style cabana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very customized to Shaq's particular taste, which may not be everybody's taste. The problem or the hurdle that I think that Shaq and his listing agents will have to overcome is that it's uh, very customized. Uh, there's a room with a di- giant diesel truck cab appearing to drive through the wall because uh, Shaq <laughs> Shack, Shack, you know, known as the big, big diesel. There is some wallpaper to this element, but then I think, you know, from what I can tell from the listing photos, there is a grill of a diesel truck that butts out into the actual living space. I guess everybody needs that. Sure, of course. So, uh, and then also there are numerous. I mean, he, he, Shack has a noted fan of Superman, and there are no, there are a bunch of Superman logos. Through, you know, throughout the home, kind of mm-hmm. carved into different places, and the the bed. <laughs> it's it's, the, icon- yes. it's iconic, right? Like the, people the, know this picture of the bed. The bed is it's a round bed, and it's. I mean, Shaq <laughs> is a big man. He's he. You know, in his playing days, he was. Uh, you know, he still is seven foot, but I think he's put on a few pounds since. You know, he he. And he's playing days. Yeah, he he was uh, three hundred pounds, three twenty. I I I think he's even bigger than that now. Um, but he, yeah, the, the bed is <laughs> a big bed for a big boy. The bed is built to accommodate a big person, and it's it's huge. Does um, it, come it come with the, the house? house? Yeah. I, I good luck moving it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
just like the boat that we talked about before. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I mean, this thing is in there. I don't think you are taking this this bed out. I, you know, I think. Oh my god, there's a mirror behind the bed too. Yeah, it's of course. Oh my, it's uh, and it's got the Superman logo on the bedspread. The bedspread. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. There's also a a basketball court. Basketball court, of course. You got to have that. Um, like legit basket, not not playing around. Got full yeah. lighting like a and high school gym situation. Right. Yeah. yeah, and I, I I checked on the dimensions of the bed. It's fifteen feet by thirty feet. Oh. <laughs> on the bed? Yes. That is so big. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you, you think like a California king is big? This a queen is like... size bed is five feet wide. <laughs> No, this is 15 by 30. 15 by 30. Oh, holy moly. <laughs> yeah. So I doubt, I doubt, that, you know, I don't want to speak for the agents. I don't want to say that definitely this is going to convey with the house, but I don't think Shaq is taking it with him. Um, There's a walk-in humidor. Yes. There's mm-hmm. a an Egyptian, there's, the, Egyptian themed room. There's the Egyptian themed. <laughs> Just because. <laughs> It has a saltwater fish tank in it, too. It does have a saltwater fish tank. Uh, as we've discussed, I think NBA players do appreciate a good aquarium. <laughs> oh <my> God, tanked. <laughs> yeah, Throw so, back to tanked. Go watch tanked. Yeah, tanked on the Animal Channel or Animal Planet. Animal I'm sorry. Planet. Yeah. Um, and it's in Windmere. Did we say this? It's in Winder, Windermere, Wind, Florida? Windermere, yeah, Windermere, Florida, which is just outside Orlando. Um, again, okay. so he, he he started his career with the Magic in Orlando, and like I say, he bought this with his kind of first NBA contract. Shaq, Shaq's got you back. Yeah. So uh, sorry, Shaq. I mean, I, I bless. I hope you can get that twenty-two million. It's a it's a real one of a kind house. So yeah, he's uh, ready to part with this place. He, you know, so it's been a year. So I hope in two or three years we're not writing a story about why hasn't Shaq's. Shacapulco sold. I hope someone buys Shacapulco. Yeah, please. It'll be interesting. We'll we'll probably write a story when it sells if it's some high yeah, high profile buyer. Well, no, I think whether it's a low profile buyer, we will write about it when it sells. So stay tuned. Yes. And with that, it's time to close out this episode of House Party. Thank you, Rachel and Eric. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you. Happy New Year. Uh, If you listeners want to read any of these stories, you can check them out at realtor.com slash news. Uh, News and insights tab. Woohoo. You can also follow us on Twitter. We're at House Party Pod. And if you have any questions, concerns, or weird house stories, weird house buying stories, uh, selling stories, selling stories, renting stories, anything really, ice cube just stories, weird, dirty ice cube stories. <laughs> We're very lonely. Just talk to us. <laughs> Tell us how your year is going so far. Uh, you can reach us at podcast at realtor.com. Eric and Rachel, thank you. Thank you, Natalie. Bye. Bye.